Hey there. Uh, Real quick, before we get into tonight's episode, just kind of wanted to put things into context a little bit. We're recording this episode the evening of Tuesday, July 18th. Um, Of course, Wednesday, as things are changing uh, with this story as quickly as possible, a number of different lawsuits were filed. Uh, A couple press conferences were had with some of the football players um, and their lawyers, uh, really kind of detailing a lot of things that are that it went down. Um, obviously, we didn't get a chance to talk about that in tonight's episode, but to again, to give you a little bit of context before we dive in. Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. Uh First of all, uh, just right off the hop, um, thank you to all of you who listened to us last week uh, and have reached out to us. Uh, the, the conversations that we've had uh, online, uh, through all the various social media, or email, everyone who's reached out, uh, we really appreciate everyone who's talked to us um, and the feedback that we've gotten, you know, I think that what we, you know, our, our, our pod last week really, I think helped in, in some, in some fashion. I, I know, you know, for me, it really helped kind of put words to the feelings that I was having. I mean, we recorded that podcast like an hour after Fitz was fired. And like everything was so raw and, you know, I, I think it came through, but you know, the fact that as many people reached out to us as, as they did, you know, expressing gratitude for us putting words to feelings, I, I th- it was really heartening. Um, and I want to thank everyone for listening and for sharing and for, uh, and, and for, and for engaging with us. Cause I, I know it really helped me uh, over the course of this last week. I think part part of our MO has always been um to be what just, just to take it to take a beat, to take a breath before we, we react. And I think what you heard in our last episode was us taking a breath and and yes, we we recorded pretty soon after the actual announcement of Fitz being fired, but we had been expecting that for at least a couple of days before it did happen. Um but we, we, you know, we talked on that pod about a lot of folks were reacting in the moment and tweeting emotionally. And that's well, perfectly understandable and well within everyone's right. And I think what we've often tried to do on this podcast is to not have that emotional reaction in the moment. We we don't want to be sports talk radio screaming at each other or y'all or anyone else. Um, we want to, we want to have a moment to be a little bit more measured and a little bit more thoughtful about, um, uh, what's happening. And, um, I am, um, a, a lot of the commentary that we got was, you know, called that out. And we just really appreciate again, like to echo Sam's words, but, um, that, you know, that, 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 that's our, that's our MO. Like we, we tweet emotionally during games, <laughs> but when it comes to some of this bigger stuff, we try to take, try to take more of the longer, um, holistic view. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, you know, this is a little bit of gallows humor here, but Scuzz, you mentioned I think <laughs> this this particular week. I think we're a tiny bit indebted to local sports talk radio for doing some quality reporting that has led to some some very major events. Yeah, um, indeed. Uh, so, which you know, much as we you know wouldn't like to go there, we're going to have to go there. But larger, you, you know, your point, both your points are absolutely correct. Um, the the responses we've heard from everyone, I think everyone knows I shared a, a pretty personal story. And in in the wake of that, one of the things that we heard from is a lot of other people talking about their own experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one thing, and I mean, experiences with hazing. And again, we talk and, and Scuzz, you know, cited some statistics last week of just how big of an issue it is, right? How prevalent hazing is and everything. But then it really hits home when when people come back and start telling you, hey, I had this experience or I had this experience. And so there's all of there's all of that. And, and again, people, people, you know, we definitely heard from a couple of people saying, hey, you know, this, this helped me 
I've been having a lot of trouble having to square my own experiences, horrible experiences with this, with what's happening at my university or my alma mater. And that this kind of helped me in some small way do that. And, and again, I mean, I'm, I think hearing things like that did more for us than just about anything because I, you know, just the, the feeling that I, that we were hoping is look like we delayed and delayed and delayed. And obviously like, I think we kind of saw where it was going delayed and delayed and just were dreading having to do that pod. And with the one hope that, that hopefully it would do some good and hearing that it helped, you know, some people that way, I think really fueled us up. And frankly, it is, has helped fuel us up this week as we know that, once again, we have to go over the breach on this thing again yeah, and yeah. wade wade right back in in this podcast. And and again, you know, to 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 really validate everyone's feelings on this because there's still a lot of feelings about all this. You know, we've heard from people who are completely done with the program, want nothing to do with it, and are giving up tickets or not renewing parking passes, things like that. Completely understood. Uh, People wanted to take a step back from from the team. I get it. Uh, you know, people want to move forward. People want to, you know, jump in on the David Braun era. Yeah, uh, there's for, nothing I want to do more than just talk about David Braun tonight. But it's just not yeah, in the cards. Is it? I mean, yeah. we we will a little bit because that that is where where the team has yeah. gone. That's yeah. you know that is this season of Northwestern football is going to be, uh, you know, the David Braun experience. Um, and, and we'll talk about that in a sec, but like everyone, like people who are pissed off that Fitz was fired, I get it. People who are pissed off that Greg and Schill are still employed. We get it. You know, there, there's a, such a wide spectrum of feelings here and like, they're all valid. And, you know, it, again, as long as we can have civil discussions with each other and, you know, to repeat what we said last week, to make sure we're giving each other the grace to feel the feelings that are coming forward. I think we'll we'll all be okay at least moving forward. We we said this last week. It's going to be a long road back, and I, yeah. like if 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 you weren't feeling that or thinking that or you know uh, expecting that last um, Monday when we when we recorded, then. The events of the last couple of days, the lawsuits that are that are starting to come out, there there are going to be more. Um, have probably disabused anyone of the notion that this is going to be a you know a quick a quick rebound. Like like this is Northwestern and is going to be soul searching, and that's that goes from the president all the way down to you know various coaches of various programs, et cetera. Uh, maybe even down into the locker rooms and some of the players, um, and that's just. It's where we're at, and um, I think, like Sam, your point, your your point is spot on. We've all you have to do is go scroll Twitter, and you will see the entire spectrum of of emotions and reactions. And I just I would cur- encourage everyone to comp- compartmentalize as much as you can, and 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 separate some of the some of the things. I think you know you heard us talk a lot last week about the failures of of the of the football program and then of of Fitz as a leader, but that doesn't absolve the athletic director and the president and the university of, of um, enabling some of the cultural issues that, that occurred with the football program. You're going to hear us talk a lot more about that tonight, not necessarily around football, but, but more broadly with, with baseball, et cetera. Like it's um, it's a real problem. And I, like I, I, I started, I think I said this off the top last week. If this is just really disheartening and disappointing, and we're all just very sad about what's happening at our alma mater, and I, a week, a week in arrears, I, I feel the same way um, because the 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 hits are going to keep coming, folks. And yeah, um, yeah. That, that that's just the reality of it. I like again. Um, I understand anyone that you know. We've had good, really, really close friends of ours that we've people I've known for twenty some years that have said, "Hey." taking a break and Sam, like, like you said, I, I a hundred percent understand. Um, I plan to, at this moment, I'm planning to support and, and watch and pay attention to the team. I think, I think like, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I think it's going to be a rough season. I think I, th- I thought it was going to be a rough season before any of this went down. Um, that's not going to change my engagement. I like, we were talking amongst ourselves like, 
analyzing this team in a, in kind of like an objective, like football only kind of way is going to be really hard this year. And I like, I don't know how to, how to come to grips with that quite, quite yet. We'll, we'll figure it out as we go. But, um, I guess, you know, I'm just trying to lay it bare from, from the perspective of, of, you know, we, 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 we love to talk about Northwestern. Like, as you all can imagine, like the three of us have been texting each other pretty much nonstop <laughs> for a week and a half. I and mean, we, we kind of text each other nonstop anyway, but, um, it's been particularly, uh, fraud these last couple of weeks. So, God. um, yeah, I, it's funny. I, I, it's, you made me think of that and it made me think of president Schill. I think released a statement today, right. Where he announced that there would mm-hmm. be, um, these two reviews that would be going on that would then be made public review of basically the athletic department. And basically, I mean, it, all of it, like, I don't think we even need to specify, but he closed the note by saying that he hoped that people were getting rest and reflection during the summer. Not a lot of rest, not a lot of rest, plenty of reflection, a lot of reflection. Uh, And I think like reflection in between all of us and just like, just hard looks in the mirror, right? I I mean, preparing for this pod and and where we're going to go, we were talking right before the pod about kind of the the balance of like stuff we have to cover without being, you know, being like, we know that all of you even like listening are like, we can all only like hear so many bad details, right? And it's kind of like, all right, what do we need to cover? What's important to cover, right? What needs to be said and how can we best do that? And, you know, just like we said last week, we're going to give it our best shot. You'll, You'll get our best shot. You'll get what we've got to give you. So I, I think where, where we want to start tonight is, you know, we, we spoke a lot last week about, you know, the failure of the leadership of, of Fitz in, you know, squashing the, any hazing that happened. Um, and, you know, kind of in that time, I, I think we've all come to see even more the failure of the athletic department in holding accountability and, um, you know, we just had a, like a change in athletic director, well, two changes in athletic director in the past two years, but um, just the way everything was handled and the way things, you know, even still are being kind of hush-hushed and like there's complete lack of communication from the athletic department. I mean, we have not heard uh, Dr. Gregg speak publicly on this yet, right? No, no we have not. Um, and like I, I, this, that, this, this is going to be a silence strain. is deafening. Yeah, it, the the silence is deafening. Sorry, Sam, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, there. no, this um, is fine. Go ahead. I this this is I don't I don't want to belabor this, but um, I I did I did listen to the shutdown full cast uh, talk about the situation on their podcast last week, and and I was I was dreading a little bit in part because like those guys are very very funny. Like that, like that group of individuals is hysterical. If you haven't listened to the shutdown full cast, like they're just generally hysterical about all things college football. And they do a wonderful job of talking about college football while not talking about college football. It's really spectacular. Um, Like they have not had a great opinion of Pat Fitzgerald for a long time. And I was kind of dreading what, what their reaction to the Northwestern situation was going to be. And I found myself surprised how quickly they pivoted from Fitz to call it. And then let me be clear. These are, these are, these are folks who have covered college football in a, in a national media perspective. Um, They have a pretty irreverent approach to, you know, how they talk about things, et cetera. But um, they're, they're really sharp and really spot on, but like the speed at which they moved from, football leadership to athletic leadership and the enabling of the culture that that has been uncovered by basically establishing fits as king i mean he was he was given i i'm not absolving him of anything that we talked about last week i'm just like he was given literally the keys to the kingdom and allowed to do whatever he wanted and I like it was it was very interesting to hear that perspective from a group who have been quite critical of him in the past and are wholly untethered to 
either Northwestern or the Big Ten or the Midwest even in, in any way, shape or form, unlike many of the other you know, kind of media institutions out there. So that, that just really struck me. And it, it, um, it wasn't anything that I hadn't already thought myself, but it was very validating of kind of this greater perspective. Again, it does not absolve the football program or Fitzgerald of any of the, the problems that have been uncovered to date, but it shines a very bright spotlight on not just the athletic director's office, but the president, the board of trustees, the boosters, et cetera, that like it's, it's enabled a culture of allowing not just fits, but some of the other programs in, in, in the athletic department to do whatever they want without the accountability or the strictures of the, or the process, you know, to, to, to keep them, um, uh, in, in the right, the right side of protecting student athletes, et cetera. Well, and just this general, I mean, you're talking about this, this institutional failure that just seems to have been coming up. And, yeah. and I think one of the things that, that we've been talking about, because obviously, Derek Gregg is a huge focal point for a lot of this. Um, and yep. um, we are pretty solidly in the, I mean, let's put it this way. I think we are all grasping for straws at why he's employed right now still. And I think one of the things that, that we were talking about, I mean, I, in a way of getting at this, obviously like the civil litigation that has started, I mean, right. Like I think on Monday we found out that, um, Ben Crump, who is a civil rights attorney, is going to be, you know, is representing eight Northwestern hazing victims. But then the law firm that he is a part of um, then said that I think there were, they've spoken to uh, dozen, they fielded dozens of calls from former players. They expect the group to grow from the original eight. And then um, today, Tuesday, the first actual lawsuit was filed um, and that that lawsuit was filed by a player and that that player was represented by a different group of attorneys than the group of attorneys we had feel that the heard about from the day before, which is all a long way of saying there are going to be, this is just a snowball rolling downhill from a civil litigation standpoint right now. And yep. that um, we are very fortunate as I think a lot of you or all you regular listeners are familiar, we are very fortunate to have a close working relationship through this pod with someone who can answer a lot of these legal questions for us. Um, I think if you're all familiar with Sam's ad read every week, you are very familiar that Kent Simpson, um is the sponsor of our pod and is a very smart attorney and is able to answer a lot of these questions and has been kind of sorting a lot of the details of this litigation, helping us understand some of these things. But one of the things that I've just been thinking about relative to the civil litigation, relative to everything that broke is, is you know, of course, we don't know what the law firm that Northwestern hired, what we don't know the full the full scope of what they said to Northwestern at the conclusion of their report prior to Northwestern giving Pat Fitzgerald the two-week suspension that touched off this whole mess. We don't know all of the specifics. But what we do know is that this was a law firm who's approaching this from a legal standpoint, right? So whatever the report that they're giving to Northwestern is focusing on legal liability, we've learned from Ken Simpson that a ton of this that from from legal standpoint, so much of it revolves around what Fitz knows, what Fitz doesn't know, what's able to be proven, et cetera. And you can then see a reflection of that in the report and the language that comes out from that report. But without being able to see the specifics of that report, I kind of have to give this law firm the benefit of the doubt and think that probably in the summation of everything they presented, they were like, look, you need to understand that after this comes out, there may be significant public civil litigation that comes out of this and that that may happen in short order. That just seems like something that would be logical to assume. And that's all a long way of saying it's all we were talking about the fact that when this information dropped, as we discussed last week, Derek Gregg was out of the country. And then a question of no matter how you cut that, whose fault that is, it could be that like, Derek Gregg didn't know it was going to be dropped then, in which case it's incompetence on the part of the administration. It could be that he did know, in which case it's incompetence on the part of the administration. Any way you cut it, it's a horrible situation that this dropped 
And this thing that was clearly such a potential, I think even when we talked about it last week, we didn't consider just how big of an explosion it would be so quickly, just from strictly from the perspective of civil litigation. And that in the face of all of this, one of the key players, whoever's fault this was, was out of the country when this all broke. And just that is a proxy for just this institutional failure that we're talking about here. And like, I, I'm not, you know, we're, we're not saying like he should not have been overseas celebrating his 25th anniversary. It's, I mean, like by all just, means, like do that, but don't drop this bombshell right. exactly. in a situation where your athletic director is out it's of like, the country. You just can't, right. you can't it's do like that. It's like any way you cut it. Exactly. It's like he knew he didn't know they could have done it at a different time. It's it's a giant mess. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a train wreck. I mean, like it, it is a PR train wreck. And it is it's funny. Stuart Mandel um, noted media personality, Northwestern alum um, has made this comment in a couple different spots, but essentially has said, I'm I continue to be stunned at how poor these these massive universities with all their resources, all their funding um, are at crisis management. Like, like it, it, they're horrific at crisis management. Um, I think, I think we joked on the last bet on the last podcast about like, like Northwestern seems to have forgotten that they, they, they train the best journalists in the world. Um, certainly on the sports side, like, like I, like, I don't I don't understand how they don't have people on retainer to advise them on how to navigate these situations. And it seems like Northwestern has made virtually every mistake in the last two weeks. I yeah. And then I'm and then I, it's stuck. Yeah. And then I think too obviously like one of the things that has come up is I think particularly within the pro Pat Fitzgerald community. Over the past week, a kind of fire shill, fire grag movement, but even kind of specifically a fire shill, fire president shill movement has started up. Right there was the there was the visible thing of someone was selling T-shirts somewhere that were doing this, and then it's definitely they showed, they showed up at the Big Ten ten uh, k right, yep. and um, and that that this is a thing. And look, I mean, I think like. We would not argue with any particular point of firing President Schill, I think, just based on how much of a mess this overall thing has been, and he's the leader of the university. I think the people who are selling those shirts are citing different reasons than the ones that we would cite. Um, But it's all a long way of saying, like, if you want to argue that President Schill should be relieved of duty, I I, I don't have a strong counter-argument to go against that. The one thing I would say, though, is that... President Schill has stepped up as the face of this, right? President Schill is making statements. President Schill is the one who made the statements today. Um, President Schill is the one who reversed course in very detailed fashion on the initial punishment, right? Um, In his statement today, he acknowledged the lawsuits. He acknowledged all the litigation, right? He, He acknowledged it as much as he possibly could while respecting the fact that the fact that there is litigation like is going to just enable a lot of people not to speak, right? We have heard from President Schill in visible ways and he stepped up the face. We haven't heard from Dr. Gregg at all. Like I mean, we haven't yep. we've we've gotten nothing. I mean, I it, it's I mean like the the argument in my mind against firing president show was that he's stepping up and being the fa- the necessary face of all this and the necessary leader of a university that is an absolute crisis right now i see nothing from dr greg like i don't like like where if if you're looking for an argument i don't know i don't see anyone trying to but i don't know what the argument you would make in favor of retaining him is right now at the very least come out and repeat what your president is saying like at the very at the very least, show the united front around the need to evaluate everything under the athletic banner, um, to to speak about 
the football and baseball programs. I mean, and like this, this might fall under the whole crisis management thing at Northwest. Maybe they've, maybe they've told Dr. Greg not to say anything, which is, um, problematic um and I, that, that that'd be a, that's a very weird choice if, if that's the way right, go right? i just like i i and i guess i want to i want to i i agree with everything you said john i think i think shill has out of necessity been been the one person to to actually say things and and say real things and make commitments to the the reviews that are going to happen of the athletic programs and the safety of athletes etc i I um I I know there are folks out there that have that r- rightly have questions around the process that that he undertook to come up with the initial punishment for Fitz and then reversing course a couple days later. I think like people I I I personally believe people are over over focused on you know that change. Yeah, like I, you've seen a lot of questions on social media. We we've gotten questions directly like what evidence did he have to change and I like Sorry, folks. I think like the initial the initial punishment was nonsense and really poorly thought out, or if nothing else, short sighted um, and and maybe naive to to how this was all going to play out. But there is a big question around process, and you you can't hold you can't hold people accountability if you don't understand what you can't hold people accountable if you don't understand what the rules are, and that that's why you have process and. The fact that the initial punishment and the subsequent firing, and and Schill even said, "This is my decision and my decision alone." If you're not articul like if you haven't laid out what the process is to come to that decision, if you're not talking about who you're talking to and how other like, it becomes a little bit of a struggle. And so, like, the, like the, this is where the university has backed themselves and painted themselves into a corner, and and they are going to be, you know struggling through these lawsuits and these additional questions um i but but so so here here's what here's what gets me like in what world is if you're going to suspend someone in what world are you going to them and saying hey let's negotiate (laughs) yeah the the mutually agreed upon we're uh, going to come to an agreement on a two-week suspension for this like if you're gonna like that just shows you where the power in the where the whole power is. Yeah, well, that goes to the aforementioned, like, the culture that was established, right? But, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the time to, like, break break glass on the second scandal. Well, I was about to say, because yeah. you can say that on one hand, but then this whole second disaster has not a thing to do with Pat Fitzgerald. And yet... Yep. Absolute dumpster fire. I, I mean, a, a disaster that's been... That was going on for a long time, and from what we're told was going to be resolved and then the the report from the football program. Broke. I mean, it's the timetables that we're talking about here. I mean, like resolved, it's July and we're talking about relative to Jim Foster complaints that were formally lodged in November. So we're talking about a massive amount of time here. And in between those two things, we have an entire baseball season. And it's like, and this is the thing where it's like, when we talk about Dr. Gregg and everything we already said, that is all separate from the entire Jim Foster debacle, which could not land more squarely at Derek Gregg's feet. From it, start to finish. From start to finish. Literally start. Jim Foster was the first coaching hire Derek Gregg made as athletic director. You can't whiff on a hire any bigger than this. Um, it's, it's, and then amid reports, right, that, that, um, and, and t- so t- credit, first of all, to Danny Parkins of 670 The Score, who this is the sports radio we alluded to earlier that kind of broke a lot of this. And then Inside NU, the Chicago Tribune, built off of a lot of this. But this was an absolutely horrific situation. And in addition to Jim Foster just seeming like, I mean, it just doesn't get much worse from a coaching perspective. The common thread through all of this is the continued involvement of Derek Gregg and just 
just how bad he looks when you dig into all the details here. So, and when we talk about these Jim Foster details, this is where we had the discussion beforehand where it's like, how much do we want to go into all this? It's all awful. Um, Encourage you all to listen to the the original 670 um, report, score report. Um, It's, I think, like 14 minutes long or something like that. And it, it goes into great, great detail. I mean, the short is like, you know, between like, I mean, with Foster, you're talking about like, you've got reports of bullying, you've got reports of horrible relationships with players and coaches, you've got reports of overt or implied racism. Um, All of these things, you've got, you know, the score goes to Foster with all these things, and he's defiant and just says just the most horrible answers to the questions that they offer him and everything. And the fact that we just, you've probably read a lot about it right now, and obviously Jim Foster was the worst possible baseball hire Northwestern could have made. And that that's again, a hire on that Derek Gregg made. And, and again, there are reports of him. Um, the idea that like a couple of boosters played like primary roles in this hiring process. And, and that's, that's in the report and that whatever, as far as I'm concerned, and this goes to a theme we talked about. This is Derek Gregg's athletic department. He's the athletic director. As as far as I'm concerned, he has complete and total control over the hiring process. Or else, what are we doing here, right? So, I'm putting this hire. I, mean, I, I, I think up. that I think that's all well and good to say, but in reality, I think we all know that that's not how it goes in college I mean, sports. I mean, God. I mean, I just. But I mean, it's like he like it's. I, I, you know, I'm sorry. The buck stopped. It's your hire. Like, you made the hire. I'm not going to come back and be like, oh, well, actually, the athletic director wasn't that involved in the hiring of this person. And no, it's no, like, no. It, you're, it should be on oh, him, for, 100%. For sure. But, like, the fact that boosters were involved doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I mean, sure. Um, the But there are two things that we want to specifically call your attention to relative to this and relative to timing and the timeline. So as we said before, this report was made. So there was a an HR like whistleblower report that was filed by Northwestern assistant baseball coaches in November. But that report came after they had attempted and been unsuccessful in attempts to talk with Derek Gragg about this, which again... Like, this is coaches within the athletic department who are unable to talk to their athletic director about what we're about to establish are ridiculously serious things. And that subsequent to that, they file this HR claim. And then after that, there is an investigation that goes on. And then in February in the investigation, they basically confirm that it's like, bullying like all of these things like misogyny and they say all these things and then they don't fire foster and they and and at kind of at that point two assistant coaches and the director of baseball operations all immediately resign as a result of this and over the course of of that investigation greg still didn't speak to the coaches and over the course of the investigation reportedly northwestern didn't talk to any of the players and if you think about it, based on the fact that the investigation confirmed that all of these things happened, but they didn't talk to the players, and these coaches were the ones who brought all of the reports in the first place, there aren't too many more people that they could have gotten all of the information that Northwestern confirmed was true in the investigation, i.e., a lot of the stuff that these coaches were trying to bring to Derek Gragg is the information that ended up just being confirmed. And this is the kind of information that if people tell it, you know, if this is the information that's being initially delivered in November, this is what we wanted to highlight. Because there's a timeline of what you'd do if you found out about these things at this time. So the first thing that we wanted to highlight here that was in this report this one is is important for us to highlight because I think. Can, can, can I can I jump please, in real quick before please. you get to the deal? Yes, to the yes. Details, John. Um, I just want to emphasize, like, assistant, and I'm I'm going to say this because I like I think this is going to help folks 
connect to what happened. I do not say this to like decrease any of the validity of things that have come out from player perspectives. It's just a really important caveat to put on the front of this, but assistant coaches, full-time employees of the university, bringing complaints to HR about bullying and sexism and other things. Like you work in any corporate office in America, you are fired by December 1st with this kind of documentation and reporting to HR. Right. And I, it's like uh, the, the two things that I'm about to go into, it's like, you almost want to step out and be like, ignore everything else that Derek Gregg has a piece of. If it's possible to you, if it's possible to you as a fan with everything we've talked about over the past week and everything that, that all sides have talked about and every way that Derek Gregg has, has factored into any of that, if such a thing is possible for you to do, and even like the hiring of Jim Foster, fold in the bullying, fold in implied or overt racism, okay, which again, that's such a serious thing, the idea of folding that into anything, just like horrible. Like this is all the way of saying, if even such a thing is possible to do, put all that aside for a second and just focus on these two things, because these two things were both brought to Northwestern's attention and Thereby, I mean, almost impossibly not Derek Gregg's attention as the head of the athletic department, especially since these coaches were basically trying to meet with him and not and being rebuffed and then doing this report. Okay, Um, the first is this. So it's important to bring this one up because a lot of you have probably heard about this or read about it, but don't have a clear picture of exactly what it is. So you might have heard about misogynistic comments that Jim Foster is reported to have made relative to a female staff member. And maybe that's what you've heard. And then maybe if you've dug a little bit earlier, you've heard that it was referenced to like players staring at like her butt in baseball pants. I just want to jump in so hard and say it is so, so much worse than that. Basically, what is implied here, and this is the, the, keep in mind, this is the coaches bringing this and then players emphatically confirming it to 670 the score, that he came in and in 2022 was said that there was a, a female manager who was wearing baseball pants and he decided that, wearing tight pants and, and that he decided that that meant that all of the players would be distracted and would be looking at her butt and that he didn't want that. He then, according to the coaches and the players, put action behind this by basically taking this manager, who according to the players was very good at her job and just, and and again, trying to do her job and basically shunting her away from the field. Um, As my wife put it when she listened to the, the 670 report, basically putting this person in a closet away from the team um, so that because in Foster's mind, otherwise they'd be looking at her butt. It doesn't get much worse than this. It is, it is the idea of taking someone who is trying to do their job and supporting the team and walling them off and isolating them because number one, they're a woman. And number two, they wore baseball pants. And I hasten to add here, the same pants that several hundred feet away, our championship softball team wears every flipping day. I mean, it, it boggles the mind. This is in the year 2022, okay? But keep in mind, this is being brought to the athletic department's attention last November. So just imagine, you're basically being like, Wait, wait, what happened? For the crime of being a woman, you took a member of my athletic department and you basically pushed her as far away as possible from the team and that that's your only explanation. And when 670 The Score asked Foster about this, Foster's reply was that when he was at West Point, his job prior to this, Army, Female staffers had to wear army uniforms, but at NU, they could wear tight baseball pants. And that was his response to this entire situation. 
absolute dumpster fire. But again, the timeline is what matters here because last November is when we were talking about when Derek Gregg would have first been made aware of this. And as bad as that is to say, all of that, I mean, I don't want to do degrees in terms of something being possibly worse. I mean, here goes. Um, the You have a situation where I think, again, I hate just piling on here and I don't we don't we won't go into the details but suffice to say between Scuzz and I's junior year and senior year in incredibly horrible fashion and I think most of you are very aware of this a Northwestern player died in an off-season workout at Northwestern and it was this is Rashidi Wheeler it was an absolutely horrific situation it was an absolute nightmare. I mean, on top of this, you had a Northwestern doctor burning Rashidi Wheeler's medical records. It was a horror show. It couldn't have been any worse. And it was deeply scarring and horrible for Rashidi, for Rashidi Wheeler's family, of course, his teammates, of course, and everyone who was at Northwestern or followed Northwestern sports in that entire time period. Well, in 2011, when Jim Foster was the head baseball coach at the University of Rhode Island, a Rhode Island baseball player died in an off-season workout, and that player's family settled with the University of Rhode Island for $1.45 million. And in November of this past year, at the exact time these coaches were delivering all the information I just gave you about that misogyny and that horrible treatment, they, they also delivered the information that this coach's sending is showing general disrespect for player safety in all kinds of ways, and specifically, in addition to all the general disrespect for player safety, having a player do an NCAA illegal two-and-a-half-hour punishment run, okay? Given the fact that you know that a baseball player died, that the baseball player this coach was coaching died in 2011 during an off-season workout, and then you're brought to this, this is all brought to your attention— at any university, this is a five-alarm fire. That I mean, it's like straight-up crisis. It's someone scre- running up to you and screaming, the building is on fire when someone delivers information like this. But at Northwestern, it's a level above that because of all of our lived experience with that horrible situation back then. And again, it's Timeline and it's Derek Gregg. It's that this all started... And was effectively, remember, the complaint was filed after these coaches felt that they couldn't get anywhere within the athletic department. With all of this, all of that, they couldn't get anywhere. And that led to them doing filing this complaint. And then after all that, a couple of these things where it's like, I hear these things and I'm like, oh my God. Like, that's one of those things where it's like, stop everything, cancel my plans for the week. We have a five-alarm fire that we have to deal with. And what happened? Not much. Some monitoring, unspecified, you know, monitoring of the program. And then a, basically, announcement that Jim Foster was not going to be let go in February that led to all of the coaches and a ton of the players basically burning rubber to get out of the program. So, yeah, I think we heard like a third of the team was right. going to transfer, going to the portal, et cetera. And, and, and like, I like, I think like you just, you, you just went really deep on all. On, and again, like, don't, all do, the don't want to, to not fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but like the, like it could not be clearer across these two sports, across the, the culture and the leadership of the athletic department even into the administration and, 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 and potentially beyond board of trustees, boosters, et cetera. Like the culture at Northwestern has been very poorly established, managed, considered. This is, this is a, a absolutely classic failure in leadership at every single level. And to go back to what we said off the top, like, and I don't, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer about it, but like, it's, it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough road folks to, to like North Northwestern will recover. Other schools have come back from frankly worse. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's ugly. 
And I like, I think our intent here is to just help, help not, I don't know, not, not to be like masochistic, masochistic about it or something, but to help shine a spotlight. Cause you know, you do, you see these headlines, you see these tweets and you're kind of like, eh, that sounds bad, but how bad was it really? It's pretty bad folks. And it's, it's pretty horrible leadership at every level. And it has to change. Yeah, and, and- like it's just this is not the way athletics or this is not the way anything should be run. It's not it's not appropriate and, at all. And to, so and, they need to fix it and it's gonna take time. There's gonna be a lot of lawyers, there's gonna be a lot of yep. money that Northwestern has to shell mm-hmm. out. And and to hear the, like if you think the stadium was gonna be expensive, like oh, goddamn. Oh my gosh. Well that's and that's the other thing too. I I'm glad you brought that up just because I guess when we're thinking about the athletic department, right? And the athletic director, I, you know, I mean, I, we don't know. There is this whole issue with the stadium. And at this point, I mean, I, I guess I get from a, don't, don't you think at this point, like Greg and Fitz would be a drag on the stadium? I efforts? don't, I don't know. What I would say is this. If you're wondering what kind of cloak and dagger, you know, or if you have in your head that there are these cloak and dagger backdoor machinations and what's Northwestern doing and how's Northwestern trying to put this through, <clears throat> just follow Evanston Roundtable or follow local Evanston reporting. There's not a lot of mystery here. We put up a long story that was an Evanston Roundtable story from a couple of days ago that. It's super long and detailed. Read through all of it and it will become very apparent to you all of the ins and outs of Northwestern and what Northwestern's effort is and who Northwestern's talking to and how Northwestern's trying to present the case and how Northwestern's trying to to get this thing through relative to the city of Evanston. Like it's all right there. And if you read all of this, like you don't have to talk me into the fact that our athletic director would be intimately involved in all of this. Um, I'm just like, at this point, I'm just like, there are, I'm sorry. I, I get it. I get that this is a massive $400 million state uh, stadium. I $800 get, million. $800, $800 million stadium. Sorry. I get that there is certainly something of a subtext here that were this to not go through, I don't know how it works, but, you certainly wouldn't have to work hard to talk me into the fact that Northwestern maybe doesn't see this money again. Um, I think, you know, I think we all get some of the back behind the scenes machinations and things like that. And basically this, this air of desperation that if they don't get this thing through, I, you know, I don't know that this is something that can be tabled and brought back way down the road. Right. Um, I mean, and, and that, that the thing is we don't know, right? We don't, like, and we have no idea. Like, right. It's all and, like under the table, right. but you got to think right. that, that might be the one reason why Greg still has a job and that's, because and, this late in the process and that's it to make a change. Exactly. And that's the thing is that there are like, you could talk me into the fact that, and I mean, talk me into the fact in terms of like the strictly the why, not in terms of me buying in that there are existing relationships and that there is this whole effort and that they're hanging on to it by their fingernails right now and that he is someone who's been intimately involved. I'm just like, sorry, there are bigger considerations here. Uh, that's not where we are right now. And again, it's it just goes back to the statement that was released today and this full review and an outside review of the entire athletic department that President Schill, but it's still like President Schill saying like, athletic director... Greg and I have commissioned. It's like, whoa, whoa. Like, that's not <laughs> where everyone else is right now. And I think that's kind of, that kind of just brings it all home. But again, I mean, again, it's, it is all really, really serious. And for all the details I brought up, there are way more that we just don't want to go into. One thing I would say to you is it's, it's less than 15 minutes of your time. Listen to the 670, just school jim 670 the score jim foster and you will see danny parkins i'm looking at it right now it's 14 minutes 38 seconds listen to this story and and it will fill you in on everything you need to know from that piece of it if you or a loved one is seriously injured by someone else's negligence hire kent simpson of the simpson law group after over a decade prosecuting murder cases in chicago simpson opened his own firm focused on wrongful death and personal injury cases 
He specializes in car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and other transportation accidents, as well as construction accidents, medical negligence, slip and falls, product liability, and more. Millions recovered for clients. No fee unless he wins. The Simpson Law Group. Compassion, empathy, and vigorous advocacy. Go to SimpsonLawGroup.com or call 312-332-2107 for a free consultation. And go Cats! So, I mean, I, I want to spin it forward a little bit. You know, we're we're going uh, running a little bit long uh, tonight. But, you know, I, I mentioned off the top, you know, the football season is a little more than one month away. Uh, oh. I, 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 it's, I know it's tough to like. Too soon. I know, I know. But like, and, and that's something that, we, that we're going to need to talk about. I mean, obviously, we're not running our summer previews the way we normally do. I mean, to, to go through team by team by team. I mean, like, I'm sitting on a, a Michigan State and an Indiana preview, like, ready to go. Like, I could drop them right now, but, like, it, it yeah. just doesn't make any they, sense for us to do Those that. were recorded Here, in let, a different let, let universe. Just, yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me just sum yeah. up. Indiana, it's going to be really, really bad. Michigan State, probably going to be really, really bad. Great. The end. Okay. Um, right. And it's like <laughs> and it's like, Ruck, it's like Rutgers. Like, we're looking at, at – at, at what we thought about for our Rutgers preview and being like, well, I have a rough idea for Rutgers, but a lot of you want to know how that, how Rutgers and their situation relates to how they'll be when we play us. And it's like, I mean, who knows? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 none of us know how to analyze this Northwestern team right now. I like just to, to get tactical about it. Like the very first current and a Northwestern player, has entered the transfer portal. Um, the rule that the the NCAA rule is that for 30 days after a coaching change, um, players on that team are free to, to enter the portal without penalty. Um, the portal is closed for everybody else right now. But um, so Nigel Glover, uh, freshman linebacker from last year, has entered the portal. So a four star recruit. He's going to land. He's going to be just fine. He's going to land somewhere um, for like almost for certain um we'll see what else happens like if if other players follow suit if there's a the tidal wave several commits have already flipped um yeah a number of commits have already flipped which is really like very unsurprising right because like like those players don't have that on-campus relationship yet they have not you know formed the um the connections with the with the school or the or the team in the same way that current players like we'll we'll see i think like our stated perspective here is that um we're, we're not going to big like if if a player decides to stay if a player decides to leave like we get it in 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 both in both directions like um we're not going to begrudge anyone what what they feel like they need to do for them and and and, and their family and their future etc but um it is as a result it's extremely difficult to even contemplate what this northwestern football team will look like on the field and um, I just like, I, I don't even want to say philosophically, but I guess in, in the back of my mind, it's philosophically. Like, I, like, I don't even know how to, I don't know. I don't even know how I'm going to watch a Northwestern football game. Like, like Rutgers Northwestern, let's say like win or lose. I, I don't know what that tells me about the Northwestern players, about the coaches. We, we mentioned off the top that, that David Braun has been named the interim coach. I, I have to think that the school assuming they have an athletic director by like a new athletic director by midseason is going to be looking at making a new coaching hire um toward the end of of this college football season regardless of how well or how poorly braun and the team are performing against expectations so it's just it's it's so up in the air and it is so hard to it is so hard to um get back to the typical ways that you would evaluate well, or think yeah. about uh a, i mean a it's like program. the i mean Louis Vacare, of course, who we all know, like specializes in the recruiting and, and M- Matt Shelton too. shout out, who's like doing a ton of work over there um, at Wildcat Report and has been doing a ton of work like they're, um, they're tracking, you know, guys who've decommitted. And right now, I think so far in the 2024 class, there are four, but there are very clear signs that that number, if not has already grown to five or six, like it seems pretty clear and we can even point to the specific players and there, there may very well be more. And look, it's just like, there that it's it's just this is that's just an expectation and it's kind of like again it's like it's 
it's hard for me to even have the the mental capacity to let that build up just because again it's like it's it's a logical decision for so many of those guys and we begrudge none of them anything for making any particular decision but then if like even more directly discuss this point if you look at the freshman you know like again Nigel Glover transferring i mean i can point to several freshmen in this incoming class who you know under our old model, like Northwestern really needs those guys to play from a strictly football perspective. Um, it's just guys are coming in and are going to immediately be counted on in real positions of need. But that was at the old understanding. On one hand, if those players transfer out of Northwestern, I am not going to evaluate it any differently from any of the other players who transfer out of Northwestern, right? And even if they were to stay and they were to play, I can't. I can't make an evaluation of the team. It's certainly not right now um, based on just a, a world that's completely changed, right? It's like if Northwestern retains the entire team right now and goes into the season with all of the players currently on the roster, are we pretending that we're somehow in the same world with this team than we were a month ago? I mean, yeah. if we're in a totally different landscape right now. So it's, and again, it's like that by no means, like we're going to root like crazy for the team. Like we want, this team to succeed. We want the players to have success. We want the fans to have, to be able to have that enjoyment. And after everything, it's just so hard to calibrate any of this. And and again, I don't know, in a couple of weeks, maybe we'll feel a little, maybe we'll at least have some more details and things like that. But I mean, as Sammy says, even, I mean, it's flying up at us and, um, 11 days till big 10 media. Week. Yeah. And, and again, it, it's, it's, this is just where we are. And again, it's like, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, part of us, we put a couple of things up um, earlier in the week about David Braun, partly because, I mean, David Braun is a really impressive young coach. And, you know, you could, you know, that, that's a pretty good interim coach to be able to pull in. He's like a real prodigy. Look at his resume and he's a real up and comer. And he, you know, came through a program that has turned several defensive coordinators into successful college head coaches. And he's the latest in that line. And again, it's like, there is a lot of potential with that coach. And, and the, you know, he's clearly built a really strong relationship with the players early. And you watch his interview with Lauren Withrow, and he's incredibly impressive. You watch videos of him coaching, and he's incredibly impressive in the coaching. And it's like, these are all things. And of course, we all want to grab onto those so tight right now, because we need anything right now that is positive um that can that can keep us going and and you want that but then even with that it's just like we don't know like i it's all such a such a big unknown and i i think um we're gonna get put our heads together and figure out how we're going to to move forward but we will be moving forward for sure um we want to hear from you guys. Keep keep letting us know what what you want to hear. Like where where you know, what kind of previews do you want to know about? I mean, we can go through and we can like we've done the research on all of our opponents. We can we can give that to you guys. It's just not going to have any context with what I mean, we can guess on what we're going to see, but like everything has changed as far as what we are. So, maybe we'll come back with, you know, our our thoughts on the opponents and we'll we'll, we'll have to figure it out and, you know, let us know what you let us know what you want to hear. Yeah, there. Yeah, and again, it's like thanks, thanks again for everyone for for tuning in here. And this is another messy, crazy one where we're we're trying to work through this. And I think one thing we you know we want to make clear again, like this has been so rough for all of us. I mean, like we're here, like we're not going anywhere. Like we're we're we deeply love this you know this university, um, and. Again, and we deeply love this football team and everything that's happened and everything. I mean, we have, for us, this football team is a million things. And it's, it's a, you know, a million years of players and a million years of, and every game that we've ever watched with all the people close to us, right? And every the, all the ways that we've come together, it's all encompassed in that for us. And I think those are the things that that get us through and this community is what's getting us through and we're here for that we're here for you guys we're here for the team we're here to continue to be northwestern fans okay um and and yeah like we're we're hoping that we can continue to help get this through and and yeah like you said we don't know exactly what the landscape of the next couple pods is going to be but we're going to be here and we're going to work through it and we're going to have stuff for you 
Uh, so I guess we'll go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Uh, head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at westlawpirates. And email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us on the west side of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Scasby, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. We'll be right back.